Hey everyone, this is PM Sport Talk, the father and son dual podcast. I'm your host Preston, alongside my father Mike and dad. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, can't wait to get into this awesome sports we had this weekend. Great endings in the NFL and college. Uh, let's go. Let's go. We got some college football to start off this episode. First off, of course, Michigan and Penn State, they are without their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, for the rest of the regular season. Am I correct? Yes. That's how, well, that's how it's supposed to go down, but it's not finished yet. There's there's going to be some uh, a court hearing apparently this coming Friday, and who knows what's going to come out of that. There may be, he might get reinstated. I don't know, but... As of right now, the Big Ten has suspended him for the for last week's game against Penn State and the next two, but uh, it's not done yet. So who knows what's going to happen? But that's that was their ruling, though, as as we know of right now. So, yeah, all of the Michigan players tweeting the same thing. Uh, they tweeted the word "bet," which means "let's go, let's go." I mean, the college football world. Yeah. Just suspending Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. Even Michigan basketball is not taking lightly to it. Wearing those uh, Michigan versus everybody shirts in pregame. Yeah, it's uh, you know I'm a, I'm a little torn on this one because I know I'm as you know I'm a Michigan fan and um, I like Jim Harbaugh as a coach, but I have to admit the evidence that we've seen and that's come to light that they have put out um, doesn't look good for Michigan. So part of me is like wants they gave him a three game suspension. Part of me wants him to just go away and just take that suspension because he can come back and coach in the Big Ten championship if they beat Ohio State and on into the NCAA playoffs. If he's only suspended for two more games, part of me wants him to just take it. And you know what? He's only suspended for the actual game. He's still allowed to coach all week, so he can put in the game plan. He can do all of that. All he has to miss is those three hours on Saturday. So I really hope, I was hoping that Michigan would just take the suspension and just move forward. But they didn't go that route. They're going the other way. They're going totally against it. Part of me understands that. Um, because even though that Connor Stallions, he, he, was on the Michigan staff, and he did all the things that they said he did. He went to these games, stole their signs, and all that. You're not allowed to do that. If you steal another team's signs from the sideline as you're playing that team, they all do that, and that's just gamesmanship. But what he did is he scouted these other teams. He went to these future Michigan opponents and supposedly stole their signs, and that's against the rules. But what we don't know and what Michigan is saying, I guess, is that that guy acted on his own. He did that on his own. Harbaugh didn't know about it. He didn't know that he was getting the signs that way. I mean, if you choose to believe that, then I guess you could be on Michigan's side. I'm kind of caught in the middle on this because I don't know everything. Michigan itself as a program did commit these violations, if you want to call them that. Even though probably all the other college teams are doing some sort of thing like this, maybe not quite to this extent. What Michigan is saying is that you can't link Harbaugh to this Connor Stallions. And so I don't know. That's probably what they're fighting against, why they don't want the suspension. But part of me is just like, you know what? You're the head coach. 
So even though you might have not known that was going on, you have to take the fall for it. So that means you're going to get suspended for the next three games. And I would say we'll just take it and go on. They're not going that route. They're going to fight it. So we'll see what happens. But as you could see on, on uh, Saturday, they didn't need Harbaugh. They just they took care of business on their own. So They won't against Ohio State or even Maryland if J.J. McCarthy only gets eight attempts and passes for 60 yards. I mean, they just their offensive line just demolished Penn State. They didn't throw the ball at all the whole second half. Have you ever heard of that? Not from a Michigan team. Not at all. They just went all in that running game. And, you know, Penn State just didn't have an answer for that. The The score is a little closer than what the game was. And, um, and then you got J, uh, James Franklin making these boneheaded decisions as usual. They're down by nine points. They score a touchdown to make it within nine points with, like, I don't know, less than two minutes to go. So what's he do? He goes for two. If you go for two there and you miss, the game is over. You have to get the ball back twice. If you kick the extra point there and make it eight-point game, all you need is a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie the game. He goes for two. What is he doing? Does he not know anything about clock management? It doesn't seem like it to me. That's why James Franklin will never win a big game. He doesn't know what he's doing. He got asked by a reporter this, and he got mad at the reporter because the reporter's like, James, why why aren't you kicking the extra point there? And he's like, well, we need we needed the points. We needed to go for two. No, you didn't. Yeah. You kicked the extra point. You can just go for two if you score another touchdown. He got mad at the reporter, and the reporter's like, James, why did you go for two there? You got a, he's got a rock brain, apparently. Drew Allar is not helping either, you see. I mean, he fumbled the ball twice that game. Yeah, he's just not. He's, he's not good. He's not good. I'm sorry. He's not good. He's played all these terrible teams. When he gets to Ohio State, Penn State fans are like, Drew Allar is going to expose Ohio State. He's going to expose Michigan. No, he's not. He's not. He can't play real defenses. And it's, shown, it's being shown to you. I mean, it's right in front of your eyes. You know, I, I'm he's a freshman, so I'll give him a little bit of a or I don't know if he's a freshman or this so, is his first year playing. First though. year playing, so he's either a freshman or a sophomore, like red shirt sophomore or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not ready to condemn him totally. He has looked horrible in these two games. Part of it to me is the Penn State; they don't know how to call plays, and they don't. They're not letting him throw the ball downfield or anything. This guy has a huge. You can see he has a huge arm. Uh huh. And he actually ran the ball pretty good in this game when he had to. Yeah, they they went on a lot of. They went the QB draw route a lot, and it worked for them. Yep. At the goal line, they got a touchdown out of it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's him or if it's that or if it's the coaching handcuffing him. I'm not sure, and their receivers are horrible. It's really hard to tell. So I mean, they have one good receiver. That's not going to do it, though. No, and uh, Lambert Smith. Yeah, and they're just I, I just I just don't think their coaching staff is is an elite coaching staff. They're not ready for this level of football. It just doesn't seem like it to me. They just, they totally get out coached by the upper echelon teams, and they got out coached by Michigan. And Michigan didn't even have their head coach. What's that tell you? James Franklin should have had the edge in this game, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he got out coached by the, the assistant Michigan coach. It looked like uh looked like James Franklin just 
didn't know what he was doing. He didn't. He was just calling all those boneheaded plays. I didn't even watch that much of the game, but like they they definitely could have won that game. They definitely could have. And James Franklin made all those stupid decisions. And where did they get him? Yeah, he's just not a good coach. He's never gonna. That team's gonna be. It's gonna be a, a a nine or ten win team, but they're never gonna get take that next step and be uh, like a Big Ten champs. Especially with USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington coming into the league oh next year. Oh my week. gosh, that league's gonna be packed. That you know he's not gonna have a chance. He's gonna have to really step up his game to compete. Or he's gonna instead of right now they're the third best team in the league. They're gonna end up being the sixth best team in the league because those other teams are gonna totally out coach him. Uh, so I mean, but you know, great win for Michigan. Uh, it's what everybody. I mean, I think still even the Michigan haters. I know they would have loved to see them lose to Penn State, but. You really want an undefeated Michigan team going against Ohio State to make that game huge, you know? So mm-hmm. that sets up for that huge game on the day after Thanksgiving, you know, a couple of days after Thanksgiving. So I, I'm looking forward to that. What it, so with the move on here, but like, don't don't sleep on Maryland. Well, Dad, next topic here: staying in college football. Jaden Daniels has really putting himself on Heisman notice, even with those three losses. He had 606 total yards against Florida. Unbelievable performance by him. Uh, I don't know what you could say. I, I just wish that the team was doing a little better because I think he's probably playing the best of all the quarterbacks right now. Yeah. And I'm not sure he's going to win it because of his team and that defense, you know. Um, but him, he's putting on a great show every game. Think about the big hit he took last week. I You think he might be a little, little you know, Timid or not, maybe not timid, but, you know, a little gun shy, maybe a little bit. No, he goes out and has his best game of the year. Crazy. And that's, I know Florida's down, but it's still an SEC team. They still have pretty good defense. So, um, yeah, unbelievable. Right now it's him. It's uh, Penix one and him two, I think. Bo Nix three. I mean, I I guess I wouldn't be shocked if any one of them won it. Flip-flop Daniels and Penix right now. Yeah. Flip-flop them. Penix is two. Daniels is one. I'm sorry. If we're doing if it's the best player in college football right now, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. You I know that's probably the way it should be, but that's not how they vote though. They vote clearly. That's how they should vote. That's what the Heisman's about. Yeah, they don't always do that though. If it's close, if if two candidates are somewhat close and one team's doing way better than the other, they usually vote for the guy that's on the better team. But you never know. I mean, if Washington loses a game or two here, that will really definitely change it. So, that you know, it's going to go right down to the wire. But I, I'm with you. If you look at the stats, Day, uh, Daniels has the best stats, and you know, it, he probably should win it. So we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But yeah, he's phenomenal performance. Yeah, it's it's really Daniels has been playing amazing every single game. This is not the first game he did. Even in the loss against Alabama, he did. He played phenomenal in pretty much every game he's played in, besides probably Florida State, but that was week one. Um, but, yeah, I believe that Jaden Daniels is the Heisman. I don't think it's close between him and Penix. I mean, you can you can argue with me all you want, but Jaden Daniels is clearly the best player in college football, and his team's not even that bad. No, they're not. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're 7-3, and three, so it's not like they're horrible. They're yeah. gonna, you know, they're still ranked in the top 20. Yeah, 
I mean, I hope you're right because I hope it, I hope the best player went. I mean, you know, USC Caleb won it last year. Williams and they weren't great either. So they didn't make the playoffs and they crumbled against Utah. They crumbled at the end. They had two or three losses at the end. So and he yep. still won it. So you maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he will win it. I hope he does because he has been the best player. Hopefully it is that way. Um, we're gonna move on here very quickly. That was really what we had to discuss. Jaden Daniels alone. Um, how about Texas getting that win? And losing Jonathan Brooks. Yeah, that's a tough one, huh? I didn't realize he was out for the season. I didn't follow up on that. I, I knew he got hurt in the game, but yeah, that's a big loss. They have some talented running backs there, though. So um, hopefully, the next man up can step in. Um, yeah, because they're, you know, if they win out, they're in the playoff. And you really want them to go in there with their best team. That's debatable. Um, I don't think so. Nah. Washington's going to make it over them. Ohio State's going to make it over them. Florida State Florida uh, State could be above them. Well, if you th- uh, let's take a minute here. If Right now you've got Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Florida State, the top four. And then you got Washington. Washington got Oregon. Michigan and Ohio State, the loser is out. They're not going to make it. Um, so that takes one team away. So Washington's going to get in then. Washington and Oregon are going to play each other probably. And Washington's going to win that game. Okay. I don't think so. I think Oregon's going to win that game. But um, so so there's going to be a spot there. So I think you're going to have a one-loss team in there. So It's not going to be Texas. I, I, I think it could be. But, if Oregon wins, then they're in. Right. So you have – well, I guess it, a lot of it depends on – well, you, you still got th- – um, all right, so you got Georgia, the Big Ten winner. Ohio State or Michigan, and then Florida State. Florida State. Okay, that's three. So it's Washington, Oregon, or Texas. Right. And the winner of the Washington-Oregon game is going to the playoffs. Yeah, you're right there. What would throw chaos into it is if Alabama beats Georgia. That If Alabama beats Georgia, then... That's a tough one. That, that's going to make it a lot. That's going to make it hard on those uh, selectors. Yeah, because who are you putting in, um, Alabama or Texas, if they both went out? Texas beat Alabama, but then Alabama's the SEC champ. Um, to me, you have to put Texas in, but I wouldn't be shocked if they put Alabama in. So mm-hmm. or, there's a lot of scenarios that could happen. Yeah, there is. I mean, I kind of just I, – What if Florida just, State loses to Louisville? thought you were just speaking nonsense. They could. Louis, well, if Louisville beats Florida State, then that puts them in the picture, doesn't it? Cause no, they Louis, have one loss. Louisville's though. nine. Right, they still have one loss though. Who so, Louisville? Yeah, they're not undefeated. They have a loss. So so does Alabama. So does Texas. Yeah. So does Oregon. Louisville's not going in over Texas or Alabama. So if they beat Florida State though, yeah, I don't think so. They beat that's the number four team in the nation right now. I know, but I'm telling you, those selection committee. Who do you think they want in there? Alabama or Louisville? It doesn't matter if they want who they want in there. It does because they they don't they just see the thing you don't get about college football. I think is um, these selection committees they don't just go off of the year. They they tend to think back of history and prestige, and it's also for television too. That's that uh, you go back like a couple of years. Cincinnati got in. And they have, don't have a prestige at all. But they didn't have much of a choice because they were undefeated. Um, at least mean, when you have one lot, you have a bunch of one loss teams fighting it out. It makes it trickier. I just think that they would, if you look at uh, strength of schedule, 
Alabama is is way above Louisville. I'm putting it to you right now. Alabama's not beating Georgia. It's, it's oh, I hope be, they don't. It's going to be close, trust me. But like, I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. I mean, the difference between Georgia and LSU, right? The LSU and Alabama played. They both have electric offenses. Um, but LSU doesn't have a run defense. Guess who does have a run defense? Georgia. Yeah, if Georgia do. stops Alabama's run offense, Alabama doesn't have anything. They I don't. Ho- I hope you're right. Um, I'm, I don't think. It, yeah, Georgia's winning that. So I, I'm me, prediction wise, I'm taking Alabama out of the picture. They aren't making it because uh, they're going to lose to Georgia. All right, so that leaves Georgia. That oh- leaves Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon. And if Louisville beats Florida State, you put Louisville in the picture. But my prediction, Florida State's going to beat them. So, I mean, you really just have Oregon, Texas, and Washington. Yeah. Like you say, if Oregon, it probably is the winner of that Oregon-Washington game. That, that's what I think. I don't. Unless the only thing, unless Washington loses a game between now and then. And they think, speaking of that, coming up, they play Oregon State this weekend. That's Washington? a tough game. Yes. Okay. So. There's a lot to happen, so these things usually work themselves out. This could be one of those crazy years where there's like three or four teams that kind of deserve it, and you have to pick between one or two of them. Yeah, I I definitely think Louisville, Florida State, kind of scares me. They they have no number four spot right now, but they haven't really they played. haven't played anyone. So I might take that back. I can't really say for sure. Florida State's gonna be Louisville just because they're the four seed, you know. Like their games are close. They are close, and Louisville, um, they knocked off Notre Dame, and they were they looked like they were gonna make a run at it yeah. at the end, and they and they knocked them off and completely wiped them off the map. I mean, Notre Dame's not in the picture. They aren't. Yeah, and I just, I haven't watched Louisville at all this year, so I don't have a good read on them. They their one loss was a bad one. Didn't they lose to Pittsburgh? Was I think they lost. I don't remember, but that I'm pretty sure they lost season. It wasn't a couple weeks ago. They lost to Pitt, and Pitt is not any good this year. Mm. So that's Louisville and Florida State. I mean, I don't know. That's a I had I have like I said I haven't watched them, so I can't put a read on it. So I that game would not shock me either way if it went either way, as far as that goes. Because I'm not. Yeah, I I agree with you. Florida State is tricky. They are tricky. I mean. They they handled LSU, but now we see the LSU. I still don't like Jordan Travis. I I don't. I, I said at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's he's his play style is sloppy. He is sloppy, but he gets yeah. it, he gets it done. But like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Who has he played besides LSU? Unless I'm forgetting someone. Yeah, they haven't played anybody. Exactly. That's why so, I think they're weak. I'm I I was a little surprised. Well, you know the 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 ranking is tonight. Where they the college football ranking? They who knows? Maybe Washington leapfrogs Florida State. Florida I honestly State's think five. they could. I probably they should be. They just they, knocked off Utah for Washington. They've beaten Utah and Oregon and yeah. USC and who Florida, has Florida State beaten LSU. LSU. That's it. There, there you go. That's it. Uh, so yeah, I'm thinking I keep moving here, but yeah, I think LSU uh, is Florida State's only good win, and I think those rankings should put Washington at four. I kind of thought that last week, and they didn't do it. So, so maybe they, they might this week. I hope they pull the trigger this week. Yeah. So we'll see on that. It's time for some NFL action. Uh, this is the what we've been waiting for. Uh, I'm going to start with last night. I'm yeah, you kind of have to. You kind of have to, right? The Bills lose to the Denver Broncos. The Russell Wilson-led 
Broncos. Now, um, it's not as bad a loss as you think it is. I mean, it is for because they have five losses now. Look at the, but the team that they lost to, Denver, is yeah. a lot better than they were at the beginning. Of the I season. agree, and last year for sure. Uh, Denver, they just beat Kansas City two weeks ago. Yes, so. Denver, Denver's. I think they're finally picking it up. So. Russell Wilson's finally playing how he's supposed to, you see. I mean, he's making all those crazy throws out there. He's making good decisions. Did they even, did Russ turn the ball over last night? I don't think they turned the ball over, no. Yeah, so there you have it. They don't, they don't turn the ball over against the Buffalo Bills. And you meet, you see the Bills, on the other hand, James Cook had like three fumbles total. Uh, one of them, I think two of them, were kind of on... Well, here's how I break down. The first one, he just got completely ripped out of his hands on the first play of the game. Yeah. The second one, he gets it punched out, and it bounces up to him, and he gets a big run off of it. And then you get the third one where Josh Allen and him just don't know how to complete a handoff. They just forget. Yeah. So those are some pretty three wonky fumbles. Josh Allen, he threw the two interceptions. One of them, again, wasn't his fault. It, Gabe Davis should have brought in that ball that got tipped up. Right. Um, the the second one, oh, my God, what was he doing at the end of the half? That was bad. That's typical Josh Allen this year. Oh, yeah. Just throwing the ball up. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that Madden. He just threw it up for grabs like it was the last play of the game. Allen got put on the Madden cover this year. Is that curse? I think it's the curse. There you go. There ahead. It's Cause the he's, curse. He has not played. He leads the NFL in interceptions this year. Oh yeah, he's he's got eleven interceptions. He's got he's got an interception in the last six games. Yeah, and I there was a stat that I saw today. Uh, I actually heard on the radio today. The last six games the Bills have played, they're out there. They have been outscored one twenty nine to one twenty or something like that. Ooh. This is the Bills. They're getting outscored. Mm-hmm. Um, they're known a, for that offense. They're an offensive team, and they're not. They're just in disarray. Um, I understand the defense not being as good because they got a ton of injuries. They lost their two best players. So I understand the defense giving up points and giving up yards. But the defense really didn't give up points last night. It was really the offense. They so, were bad. They were bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, Josh, and then you got, I think we had to go to the final play. Will Lutz kicks, ends up kicking the game-winning field goal. Crazy play. So, <laughs> so I didn't watch it. I saw some highlights, though. Russell Wilson, right, he took a knee, and they took a risky move there. They didn't have any timeouts, right? I don't think so. So they just ran the kick, uh, field unit on there. If I'm the Bills, if I'm on that defensive team, I'm telling the special teams, stay on the sideline, right? Yeah. Because if the Broncos do that, try to, like, catch you off guard, rush yeah. the field unit on there, well, I, that, I'm not taking that risk. That's got to be up to the coaches. The coaches, as soon as they see that, they got to be saying to the – Special teams guys, stay on the sideline. Defense, stay out there. I don't know if they did that. They definitely should have, though. They didn't. I mean, yeah. whoever it was on, the defense or special stay teams, out they there. made a huge mistake. Yeah. That defense needs to stay out there. They had 11 man on the field, obviously, because no flag was called on the knee. Then you got the 12-man issue uh, when Will Lutz misses the kick, and then as time expires, after that penalty was called, he kicks it through. And the Broncos win in Buffalo. You knew he was going to make the second one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Will Lutz, man. Ooh. I'm sure he breathed a sigh of relief after that penalty was called. I mean, I, don't, I can't think of a worse way to lose a game than that. 
of uh, twelve men on the field, uh, just boneheaded play. You gotta know. You you just gotta know. And they they made no effort to get them off the field. Didn't they do it? I may be mistaken, but they almost. I think they had twelve men on the field on the regular kick, and and they they just didn't call it. There was a lot of confusion there. I there mean, was. It was just confusing play. Chaos. You got yeah. guys running on and on. You got the the Denver offense running off and the special teams coming on. It's just and a mess. just crazy. I gotta give um Denver some credit. They did that twice in that game. The end of the half and that there, where they had no timeouts left. They like they did, they had Russell Wilson take a knee, the center of the ball. And both times they were able to run their field their field goal kicking team out there. And get the ball snapped and get it off. Yeah. And, um, kudos to them. Uh huh. I mean, Sean Payton brought in Will Lutz for a reason. I mean, he was his kicker when he was a coach at New Orleans. He had a bad game because he missed an extra point, too. Yeah. So, oh. Broncos get it done. Bills are sloppy. Uh, let's look at, before we move on here, the Bills schedule moving forward. It's hard. They're yeah, done. Take a look at that. They're stuff. done. Sorry. They're done. They're not making the playoffs. You got the Eagles. You got the Chiefs. They're at the Eagles and at the Chiefs. They don't stand a chance against the Eagles. They don't stand a chance against the Chiefs. I'm saying it right now. They don't stand a chance against the Dallas Cowboys. And then they're at Miami, too. Miami, I feel like they could win that game because Miami struggles. Struggles against above 500 teams. I understand that. But it's going to be the Bills, I feel like, can play good in that game. It's a divisional game. But even if they do win that game, I don't think this is the year where they make the playoffs. If you again. look at that schedule, the best they're going to get is nine and eight, and they're not going to get in the playoffs at nine and eight. There's too not many... in the AFC. No, there's probably going to be a team that goes ten and seven that doesn't make the playoffs. Probably, probably. Uh, the Steelers looking good. The they are the fifth seed right now. I mean, there's a chance all four AFC North teams could get in the playoffs. I'm not saying that will happen, but there's a good chance it does. Yeah, it's crazy. It the could... Bengals. I think they all are above 500. I don't know about the Bengals, about that loss against the Texans, but I believe. I, don't th- I, I think the best you'll get is three. And yeah. the reason I say that is because of the Texans, they hold tiebreakers over both Pittsburgh and Cincinnati because they beat them both. Right. So I th- one they're going to probably finish tied with one of those teams. Either Pittsburgh or Cincinnati is probably going to you know, go 10-7 and seven or 9-8 and eight or whatever. And Texans will probably end up with the same record as one of them. Yeah, but... And they're going to get the tiebreaker. Think about it this way. The Texans, they beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. If they beat the Jaguars again when they meet in Houston... Yeah, they'll have the division, yeah. I think Houston takes that division. They have an easy schedule. CJ Stroud's um, development has been skyrocketing. Skyrocketing. it's, it's It's going quicker than the Texans expected, I believe. Oh, he's phenomenal. The only thing I'll say, as you look at it right now, you're like, oh, and you look at their schedule, you're like, oh, there's no way this team's not going to win 10, 11 games. But I've seen it many times when you look at the schedule and you think that it's easy because they're playing the Colts and they're playing Tennessee. But those are division teams. Mm -hmm. So that might not be as easy as you think. Yeah. And um, plus, he's a rookie. Even though he's been great, he's bound to come back down to earth a little bit. True. So he's. I feel like, yeah, you look at the schedule, right? Like you said, 
you, if you think they're going to win 10-11 games, they're they are going to drop some. It's the NFL. It's the unexpected You league. just never know. Exactly. Those, those games you think are easy and... You try to you try to look ahead and pick look at the schedule and say yeah they're gonna win these games and lose these games and it just doesn't work out that way it doesn't no. never does you need to pick upsets yeah so we'll see but it's the AFC is gonna be great going down to the wire yeah, absolutely I mean we mentioned C J Stroud we mentioned the Buffalo Bills we mentioned the Steelers they got that huge win against Green Bay Ah, uh, they lost their linebackers though, so yeah, who we're, knows? Gonna, we're gonna have to see what happens there. I mean, they said they're gonna bring up some practice squad players, not really go to free agency unless they need to. So there's that. What we need to get to right now is the legend of Joshua Dobbs. Unbelievable what this guy's doing. Uh, he had to be shown where the locker room was. <laughs> I <laughs> saw that on uh, pre- he didn't, pregame. Yeah, he didn't know where he was. He didn't. Have, he wasn't familiar with uh, the stadium. And he's out there just playing football, man. I mean, that's, what else can you do? And he's playing it at a high level. He's playing it, and they're letting him play it. Um, yep. They're letting him do what he can, what he's doing. They're calling plays to his strengths. Imagine that. A team calling plays to a quarterback's strengths. Isn't that something? You see, so many teams don't do that. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it with him. Kevin O'Connell is, I think he's a brilliant young coach. He is. Um, Kevin O'Connell... You led that team to the playoffs. It's it's disappointing how it turned out against the Giants, but I really like Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he's bringing the fire in Josh Dobbs. He's playing. He's calling the plays how he wants it, right? Yep. Because at the end of the day, he's your guy for the rest of the season. He is your guy. Yeah, and, and he's Jaron Hall is your backup. He's been familiar with this, but he's a rookie. Right. So you got Dobbs who has experience. He needs to be in there. So Kevin O'Connell is already like okay. Let's adjust and let's make plays how Josh Dobbs wants uh, the plays exactly. to be. He's not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is is a statue back there. He's a pocket passer. Exactly. And he was really good at it this year before he got hurt. But Dobbs is just the opposite. He's He doesn't want to be in the pocket. He wants to roll out, and then if he has to run, run, or he'll throw it. He wants the option. And he's doing that very well. He is doing it very well. And and they're they're going with it. They're smart. Uh, excellent coaching there. I really thought that, Min- and a lot of people did, that Minnesota was going to drop off this year because all those close games they played last year. And that just go that's coaching right there because that team is not loaded with talent. They have some guys, but they don't have a great defense. But they have coaching. They have Brian Brian Flores coaching the defense. Mm-hmm. Who he's excellent at that. He wasn't a great head coach, but he's a very good defensive coach. Yes. And Kevin O'Connell is a very good coach, period. And you see what that does. They that team's winning games that they probably sh- shouldn't win. I don't. I don't. Oh my goodness! Imagine this: Josh Dobbs is already balling out with guys with Jordan Addison as his wide receiver one. They don't have. Can't best can't you wait until Justin Jefferson gets off IR and gets back in that offense? Which is I don't think is that far away. No, he just they just opened his window, his practice window. Yeah, so if not this week, probably next week. Yeah. So, so yeah. Whew, Justin, that's going to be a scary offense if Dobbs keeps playing the way he does. You just have one more option to go to, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if th- what they'll do in the playoffs, but it sure looks like they're going to get there, though. And they you didn't you would wouldn't have thought that once Cousins went down. You know what I'm what I'm seeing right now in Josh Dobbs this whole thing. I am seeing, even though at the time he he was more of a veteran than Dobbs is, I'm seeing a little bit of Nick Foles. 
the, that story when Carson Wentz went down that ACL injury. Right. Yeah. Nick Foles came in and he's he was winning games. He just took that team over. Yeah. It was just a spark and. I'm now. I'm no way. I'm saying the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl. That's a long shot. It could happen, but I don't. No, wanna, I don't want to bet on that. But that, they're not. Gonna, they're not going to. But just I mean, just getting in the playoffs is uh, getting if they get in the playoffs. That's a miracle in itself. That's fun. Dobbs. They traded for him on October 31st. The trade deadline. He he barely knows the team, and he's already playing a phenomenal. So, yeah, I don't think they have much to lose if they make the playoffs. That's a win in itself. Yeah, they're. they're it's great. It's just. Awesome what they're doing there. It's great for him. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on here. I want to do want to get a quick touch on the NBA, then we can do some upcoming football. So, we I know you haven't tuned into NBA much. I've been just looking at the media. I haven't really watched it. But the James Harden problem is over in Philadelphia and beginning <laughs> and beginning in Los Angeles. He just go. He just takes his luggage, his baggage, and just goes from team to team. And he's making this whole thing. He went to a whole speech. He like spoke into front of a crowd, and he was like, he said it twice. Daryl Morey's a terrible GM, and I'll never be associated with him ever again. Well, he gets traded. He gets what he wants. Gets traded to Clippers. That opens up a spot for their great young young star in the making, Tyrese Maxey. The reason I bring up Dane James Harden this week is because Tyrese Maxey just dropped 50 points. 50. What's James Harden doing in L.A.? You go over there. I can only imagine. 0-5. Oh, oh their, last, their last game since acquiring him. I think they lost the game before that, so you could make that 0-4, but he's not making a positive impact. He's not going to. I don't know why would they think that's going to work. Hey, Clippers. I mean, they thought this was a super team, right? Knock at the door. This isn't 2019 anymore. Yeah. What are they doing? Uh, have they not watched what this guy has done the last three years? Every team he's gone to, he's torn them apart. Exactly. I mean. And, you know, it's one thing to take, still take a chance on a guy that's super talented and young. And he's not young anymore. He's not. He's not the player he was five like years ago. I said, ago. it's not 2019 anymore. Why do people think this was going to work? It wasn't in the first place. It's like, it's like I don't get it. I, I can't believe that Russell Westbrook would want him on that team. Westbrook wanted him? I said I can't believe that he would. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw that went in Houston. It went terrible. Westbrook signed with Houston, and he got, he got sent out of there after a year. I don't know what teammate, what guys on that team wanted him there. Somebody, they had to run it by somebody there. They had to run it by... Usually these guys just don't bring in a guy like that without talking to the stars on the team. Well, if maybe they didn't there. Kawhi doesn't speak much, so you must think Paul George or somebody like that. Paul George, I mean, they, they're, that's the problem. These players, they don't know how, they can't, they, all they know is James Harden, he's one of us, blah, 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 you know what I mean? And uh. they can't, they're, that's why they're not GMs, they're players. I saw a clip <laughs> from their last game. Uh, Teron Liu subs in James Harden near the end for Russell Westbrook. And Westbrook, he was confused. He was at the foul line with his uh, hands over his knees, just waiting. Looks over. He's like, me? And they sub in James Harden. And they end up, guess what? They end up losing that game. You got to keep Russell Westbrook in there. I mean, he's not that scorer anymore. Right. Fair. But he he's a playmaker now. 
He also plays defense. He plays defense. He hustles. He gets rebounds. He finds the right guys for looks. Scoring isn't everything. If, if you want... I'm going to have to... Uh, now that you've brought this up, I'm going to have to... Next time they're on TV, I'm going to have to watch this circus and see what's going on. Yes. Because I, mean, I got to see what James Harden doing. Is he just getting the ball and just dribble, 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 shooting like he always does? Or is he still... I mean, either way, it's not working, but... No. It's not going to with him on the team. It's just a dumb move by them. Yeah, notice how the Sixers, uh, James Harden was still on the team opening day, right? He, they, he didn't travel with the team to Milwaukee. They no, lost it, that game. Yeah. As soon as they get rid of them, they're undefeated ever since. Yeah, it was like they got rid of this, I don't want to say cancer, but that's what he is to a team. He is. I mean, he's just uh, he just brings the whole team down. He can't have a guy like that. Absolutely. It not. worked in Houston for a little while because he was young. He was so good at scoring. And he was scoring 40 points a night, but he can't do that anymore. So now he's just a burden. He's a burden on defense. And in order to score a lot of points, he has to take 50,000 shots. And it's just not going to work. Absolutely not. This is, that was a terrible move by the Clippers. It's just going to get such an under. It's going to get more terrible. That's such an underachieving franchise. They just have so, there's so bad the way they run that team, the way the players run that team with Kawhi never playing. There's so much times they could have went far and they just never did. They're just so underachieving. It's like they you, just you would think like all the way back to when they had CP3, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. That you remember that squad? Yes. JJ Redick was even on that team, shooting off the bench. Jamal Crawford. I don't think they've even made it to a conference final. They, f- they have once. Once. Against okay. the Suns, if you remember. Oh, correctly. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But then, I don't even think they had they had Paul George that year. I don't think Kawhi played that year. Well, of course he didn't. I mean, he got hurt. He was watching from the stands. And they made it to a conference final. The only year he pl- he played he played like two years in San Antonio where he wasn't hurt and he played one year in Toronto, that's it. He didn't, he doesn't play any other he gets, time. He gets hurt in San Antonio in the playoffs because you know, Zaza Pachulia, the dirtiest yeah. player ever. Yeah, one of bad, them. One of them. I don't know. I I just he wins a championship with Toronto. That's what happens when he's healthy. I just don't think he's a super team player. He, uh, I, th- I think he's too old now to be that player too. Yeah, I mean, he can't. He can't. He's not like LeBron. LeBron can still do it. He can't. He's always hurt. He's just hurt all the time. So, I mean, college football. We don't. We're moving on here. We don't have any college football this week. Their games are kind of terrible. You know, there's two games that I I found. I took. We'd mentioned the. Washington against Oregon State. That's a, it's at Oregon State. So that's a big game for Washington. Georgia and Tennessee. And then Georgia and Tennessee, and that's it. And Tennessee's, Tennessee's lost this past weekend, but that game is at home, and you know how that place is. They beat Alabama last year. Um, they haven't lost. They've at won home. fourteen straight home games, so they win there. Even when their team is just so-so, they still win at home. So that's a tough test for Georgia. So those are the two games. Those are the only two games this weekend that have any anything going on in them. So yeah, the the real games are the following week. Absolutely. Uh, one more. Th- oh, we got to touch on NFL this upcoming week. We got a couple games. It's another bad schedule. 
Ravens and Bengals Thursday night. That should be a good game. The AFC North games are the only good games. Um, let's see what I have here. Eagles Chiefs Monday night. And Eagles Chiefs Monday night. All right. I guess I was just thinking Sunday night. Sunday's oh, schedule. Vikings and Broncos on Sunday night could be. I mean, I guess that's better than what it used to be, right? Denver's four and five it now. Could so. be. It could be good. I you think got cl- you got do- the story with Dobbs. I mean, that pu- perfectly puts him on Sunday night with the Broncos just beat the Bills. So that's a better game than I, what get, I thought. Yeah, and then better than Jets and uh, Raiders. You're right. Um, and then one more game I had down here. Oh, man. The early window on Sunday. There's only one game. Four oh five. You got Cleveland Pittsburgh at one. Four oh five. I want to mention a game. You. It may be a bad game, but I think it has a chance to be a good game. The Bucks, the Bucks and the Niners. Baker Mayfield, he, he's getting, he, he's getting swept under the rug. No one's paying attention to him. He's playing really well. He's playing pretty well. And their defense, their is defense good. is good. Yeah, that so, game is obviously in San Francisco. So I think so. Yeah, uh, it could be. I don't know. I think San Francisco is right at the ship. I, eh. it could be. I. That's just my sleeper game. I. It, not saying it could be, it's going to be for sure good. I'm saying it could be. I mean, and if you look at the four o'clock window, the only game, decent game, Jets and Bills. Jets and Bills. And <laughs> that's an elimination game. The, the loser of that game is definitely not making the playoffs. Yeah. The winner might not either, but the loser is definitely not. I just want to have a little discussion topic real quick, and then we'll get to plays of the week. Do you believe all this crap Aaron Rodgers is saying about he's going to come back no, this year? No, 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 no. I don't. <laughs> And he's such a diva. Uh, he just wants to be in the spotlight. How is a 40-year-old guy, 39, almost 40, going to come back from an Achilles injury after three months? Not even three? Three yeah. months. Yeah. I three months, so. I guess. Um, it's one thing to be able to throw the ball a little bit and stuff like that. You see him on the sideline throwing the ball and all uh-huh. that. You're telling me when he's got pass rushers coming at him, He's going to be able to escape, you know, plant, move all over on that foot. And are you kidding me? It's been – I'm not going to – He's just saying that to get some spotlight, and you know what's going to happen, right? The Jets aren't going to be in contention, and he's going to be like, well, the Jets are in contention, so we're not going to, I'm not going to rush back now. That's what he's going to say. Listen, I'm just saying – I mean, it's been done before crazier. An Achilles? I have never seen uh, it. A, not an Achilles. It's Achilles is a little different, but these two are the same severity. Yeah, right. Phillip Rivers played a week later on a, a torn ACL in the AFC Championship game. Although he lost that game, he's, he played through it. Yeah, but that was different. He he hadn't started recovery or anything didn't, or surgery or nothing. Didn't Terrell Owens play in the Super Bowl with a broken leg or something like that? Yeah, he came back from a broken leg. Um which was phenomenal. But even that, I think, um, well, but the uh, Achilles is just. I, yeah, Achilles is different. I get what you're saying. It's, you got to play, especially as a quarterback, you got to plan it. You got to run around, try not to get sacked. With, you, with that offensive line? You plan it as you throw. I mean, the offensive line the Jets have? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, good luck, Aaron. You, you go. You. You go. That's all I know I'm he saying. thinks he knows more than everybody, but um, I don't see it. I'll give him credit if he does, but I just don't. I see think it. he's just blowing smoke. I really do. 
well, I guess we'll have to see. Because <laughs> he kind of backtracks a little bit. He goes on McAfee and he says, oh, I'll be coming back in December. Yeah, McAfee has him on like every week. And then he's like, well, there's no, then he's, and the next thing he says is, well, there's no set timetable for it. So I'm like, which is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who knows, but I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly. It's time for Plays of the Week, Dad. Coming up at the first play, Wilson looking like a vintage Seahawks throw. What a catch from Cortland Sutton. Touchdown, Broncos. I don't know which was more phenomenal, the throw or the catch. That was just a great play. Both guys, unbelievable. Look at the replay here. Sutton has no room, and he still makes the catch. He's like not even an inch away from the one. The amazing he got that right foot down, isn't it? Oh, my God. Look at that. He just drags that. Put it right in the money by Wilson as well. Great throw. Dad coming from the Steelers and Packers. Jordan Love drops back, looking to take the lead with a throw to Christian Watson. Tipped up. Right place, right time. Intercepted by Keanu Neal. And it gives the Steelers the ball in a crucial moment. What an awesome play by the old bat, Wiley. Oh, that looked like that was going to be a touchdown. And he just sticks his paw up there. Knocks it into Keanu Neal. What a great play. Third play of the week, Dad comes from Saints and Vikings. Winston comes into the game, throws in the end zone. Chris Olave gets the toes down for the touchdown. How did he stay in bounds on that one? What a play. What a throw by the Winston there. He's coming back to his old days. We're seeing a lot of toe taps on this play of the week, and Chris Olave is just another one of them. Dad coming from, again, the Vikings and Saints, this time on the Vikings offensive play. Dobbs rolling, still going, ring around the Rosie in the pocket, now running to the end zone, directing traffic, hurdles, touchdown Vikings. What a play by Dobbs. He did it all on his own. Three get defenders there. He outraced him to the corner. Looked like he was trying to direct traffic on his way there too. Didn't need to. Hurdled his way in the end zone. Look at this. Pass rush by Jordan. And then he gets pressured by these two. Just runs a ring around the rosy circle and gets into the end zone for six. Unbelievable play by Dobbs. Well, Dad, this may not excite most of our fans in a blowout, but when you see this play, it will. Takes the snap right here. It's a play-action pass. Throws it. Dayton Wade. Oh, my goodness. What a catch. What a catch. Pulling his inner George Pickens there on the sideline. Inner Odell as well. Odell brings back the old memories. What a catch. It's too bad it was in a losing effort. How does he make that? I mean, reaches, leaps, and reaches just his right, uh, right hand out there and gets it in for the catch. Now, Dad, coming from LSU, Florida for our final play of the week. It's a play action. Oh, it's a read option. Jaden Daniels taking off. Look at the speed of the QB out of LSU. There he goes. Cuts inside. Touchdown, Tigers. 85 yards. What a run. He had sprinter speed on that one. Did he just cement the Heisman with that? I think he did. 600 total yards in this game, and LSU knocks off Florida, and Daniels is a huge effort. Well, Dad, our, our podcast time is done for today, but we cannot go without predictions, as you know. Uh, so how about we do a little bit of some NFL predictions? How about we predict Thursday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and Monday Night Football, and right. Steelers-Browns? We got to do the Steelers. All right, um... We got Ravens-Bengals Thursday night. I'm going Bengals in a close one. Three-point game. Interesting. What are your uh, picks for the other two? 
Um, I have to go with the Steelers in another nail biter right down to the end. Oh yeah. I'm gonna say 20 to 17 over the Browns. Then Monday night, I've got I got Philly over the Chiefs. I don't even think I have to say anything for my picks. I have the exact same picks as you. The Bengals, I had the Steelers, of course, in a nail biter, and I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Listen, the Eagles have a chip on their shoulder after that Super Bowl loss. They're going to take all their frustration out of Kansas City. And Kansas City, trust me, they are, they are not going to be the first team to stop the touch bush. Absolutely not. Can't wait for that game. I'm going to have to try and stay up for that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for watching today's podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Preston, and alongside my father, Mike. And we had fun doing this one, and we can't wait to see you next week. So long, everyone. Have a good week. Hey, if you like what you see, you can subscribe down below and you can listen to our podcast at any time. And also, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at pmsporttalk at gmail.com. Also coming soon is a website. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.